Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Have you looked at the headlines lately? Riots, uprisings, shootings, upheavals, anarchy, breakdowns. What is this? Scripture has a word for it. It's called lawlessness. When it comes to the future, people hold a variety of opinions and beliefs. But one thing is agreed upon, that we are entering a time of trouble coming to this world like no one has ever seen. I believe the opening section in Matthew 24 shows us glimmers of the world to come. When Jesus returns, the diagnosis is this. Where there is sin, there is not just the breaking of a rule. There is a failure to fulfill the law of love, the law of Christ. There's a failure to love God and to love others. And a failure to love causes us to sin against God and man. Here's how it reads in Matthew 24, 12 in the Olivet Discourse. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Richard Dawkins is an atheist. He recently noted something that even though he doesn't believe in God, his most famous book actually is The God Delusion. He fears the removal of religion from society because without the sense that God is watching us and watching over us, people will be given license to do really bad things. He describes an experiment performed at the University of Newcastle. One of his former students ran the experiment at a student coffee shop. Students could serve themselves coffee and there was an honesty box. They could drop the money in the box on their way out. The price list was on the wall. On some days, the price list included some imagery, a pair of staring eyes. Other days, the imagery changed to that of flowers. On the days when the price list had the staring eyes, students paid three times as much for their coffee as when the eyes weren't there. The sense that God is not, that God is missing, that God is not watching over us, licenses man's worse. It leads to lawlessness, that God doesn't see, hence God doesn't care how we live. And Jesus said in the last generation, lawlessness will abound. And aren't we seeing that? Toward the end of his three volumes on the history of the French Revolution, Thomas Carlyle concluded that the revolution failed, not because of corruption in high places, but because ordinary people in their ordinary lives neglected to keep their promises. Lewis Smead's author and professor spoke of the need to keep promises one to another. Without it, we stumble, we fall. If we do not keep our promises, what was once a human community turns into a combat zone of competitive self-maximizers. We are adrift at sea, loose-jointed, uncertain, leery of each other, untrusting. Nobody can trust their neighbors. Without trust, no law, no police force, no legal contracts can keep a community human. We are a people who can join together in a permanently free society only if we keep promises one to another. And promises are not being kept in our world today. The rules are there and made to be broken. And the very fabric of society is threatened. It's new, but it's not really new. It's just an amplification of what has always been with mankind. 
Lawlessness is found in man's fallen nature. When Eve bit into the devil's lie, taking a bite of that fruit, she believed she would rise to godlike status. Lawlessness entered the human genome, the spiritual DNA of our lives. The choice given that day in the garden, eat of any tree, not this tree. To love is to keep his commandments. To love is to deny oneself and follow after God. The contrast then in the garden was to honor God or elevate self. Even amongst those of us who call ourselves believers, we have to be careful of this. A recent poll from George Barna highlighted what's been called our new moral code. And here are the percentages of those who agree completely or somewhat with the following statements. The best way to find yourself is to look within yourself. 91% of U.S. adults agree. 76% of practicing Christians agree. Here's another statement. People should not criticize someone else's lifestyle choices. 89% of adult Americans agree with that. 76% of Christians believe that. Here's another statement. To be fulfilled in life, you should pursue the things you desire most. Again, we see the same thing. 86% agreed. 72% of believers agreed. What about this? The highest goal in life is to enjoy it as much as possible. Two-thirds of Christians agree with that. Here's one more. People can believe whatever they want as long as those beliefs don't affect society. 61% of practicing Christians agreed with that. Again, lawlessness is seen in choosing to honor self over God. It's a not thy will, but my will be done mindset. And it's the very air we breathe in this world. The idea of self-advancement, it's my this, it's my that, I will do this, it's me, mine, myself. Self-fulfillment promises a lot, but in the end, it's the same old tree that Eve ate from, and you see where that got her in all of humanity. And Jesus said, because lawlessness will abound, that's what we will see in the last days. People will glory in their shame, Paul said, Philippians 3. In the last days, there will come scoffers and mockers. Man calls it an accident. God calls it an abomination. Man calls it a blunder, but God calls it blindness. Man calls it an error, but God calls it enmity. Man calls it fascination. God calls it fatality. This is where we are today. We are seeing the abounding of lawlessness and just what Jesus said, the love of many can wax cold. That the great majority of people who say, I'm a Christian, we call it nominal Christianity. That those folks will see their love plummet. I don't want you in that group. Remember, lovelessness gives rise to lawlessness. This love is the agape love of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's used profusely in the Lord's Sermon on the Mount. It's immortalized by Paul in the great love chapter of 1 Corinthians 13. Jesus used this one time in Matthew in noun form, and this is it. The love of many, the agape of many, will wax cold. Their devotion to God will plummet one degree at a time 
until it freezes. Love is compared to fire in Scripture. Many waters, we read, cannot quench the fires of love. But it can freeze. How do you know when you're living in the loveless and lawless last days? Paul said in 2 Timothy 3, this is what you're going to see in the last days. You're going to see lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, arrogant, disobedient parents, ungrateful, unholy, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Understand that this is the lawlessness that translates into lovelessness of our day. This is what's bringing the disorder. It's no accident that in Scripture, the Antichrist is called the lawless one because the man of sin is the man of lawlessness. One writer said the greatest threat to the Christian community is this, that the liberation from the curse of the law be misunderstood to be lawlessness. Two issues come against us right now. We are in an antinomian or lawless environment that is spilled over into the lives of believers. Some may call it hypergrace and anything goes, do what you will, world. It's been hundreds of years now that early Protestant reformers emphasize rightly the importance of grace over the legalistic rituals of entrenched worship. The doctrine initially taught us that we are saved by grace and not by works, Ephesians 2. That Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners, Romans 5. That we've been translated from darkness to light and that we're no longer sinners, but saints in God's sight, 1 Corinthians 1. But over the years and through time, the doctrine of grace has continued to evolve in the lives of many. Unmerited favor became unwarranted freedom. Whereas the Puritans emphasized a stern, judgmental God, Hypergrace folks emphasize a kicked-back view of God, a fiery deity that is chilled out. The battle cry of John the Baptist, Jesus Christ, in the early church was, Repent! But today's siren song is, Chill out, we're under grace. Is it a problem? I believe it is. It manifests itself like this in the lives of people. Why should I live like that? Why should I have to be baptized? Why do I need to be filled with the Spirit and have the fruit and gifts of the Spirit? I'm saved by grace. It doesn't matter how I live. I'm under grace. God doesn't care what I do and what I don't do. It's grace. Under the cloak of hyper grace, teachers and preachers are excusing sin. Romans 6.15, what then? Shall we sin because we're not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Jude prophesied in the last days that there would be people who turn God's grace into lasciviousness or lewdness. These days are those days. Paul said in Titus 2, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to everyone, teaching us, deny ungodliness, deny worldly lusts, live soberly, righteously, godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. An avalanche of cheap grace. Jesus did not set us free to sin. He set us free from sin. His death, his burial and resurrection broke sin's power in our lives so that we can, through his spirit, live righteously. 
How do we get back? If love is a fire, then we need our love for God back. We need to stir up the gift that is on the inside of us. Two chapters before Jesus described the lawlessness that will cause many's love to freeze, he described the only antidote to such lawlessness, sort of a spiritual antifreeze, and it's the love of God. In Matthew 22, Jesus said there are two commandments, to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Such love, such passionate, all-consuming agape love fulfills the law of Christ. Love is the fulfillment of the law of Christ. That's what Paul said in Romans 10. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. That word end comes from the same word as fulfilled, that Christ fulfilled the law by manifesting his love to us. So if Jesus fulfilled the law through love, then we see something significant. Since lawlessness is born of lovelessness, Jesus bids us, if you love me, keep my commandments. The inverse is true. If you don't love him, you are lawless. So the solution, the spiritual antidote and antifreeze to this last day problem of lawlessness is to love God with everything inside of us. And the next commandment is to love others. When we hold to the vertical axis of loving God, and the horizontal axis of loving others, then we stay in the crosshairs of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.